I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And I'm Dan Spinoza. And welcome to Terminal 7. Hey there, Nels. Hey, buddy. How's it going? I'm great here on this episode 60 and 7. Great. And with us, we have one very, very, very special guest, Mr. Dan Spinoza, a.k.a. Code Marvelous. How's it going? Great. Thank you very much for having me on the on the show, guys. Of course. It was our pleasure. Um, so <laughs> I discovered a fact <laughs> that was told to me by Jesse as we were on the way over here. He's like, you know, you know Code Marvelous, he's got... 452 decks published on Netrunner DB. <laughs> yeah, that's an insane amount. And, oh, and, and, the, oh. and, the, and, the, and the, the reason that I found that out is because I was like, oh, yeah, he got me into using Adam again. And I liked another, but I like this recent Cambridge and stuff. And I was looking at your, your Netrunner DB thing. I'm like, that is a lot of uh, exploration of the game. So you definitely, you, you Pro- definitely have made some prolific. I, I, yeah. If I might. The funniest thing about that is I'm sure you guys know that on Netrunner DB, the more decks you have published and liked, the more slots you have. Right. How many slots do you think I have? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> if, if you have 452 used, I imagine, uh, what, a factor of five? So, like, 2,500? Uh, I have 3,654 3, <laughs> slots. Perfect. Well, you have have a long way to go, Dan. Yeah, Yeah. come on. Well, there's only a thousand of them filled right now. (laughs) (laughs) Only. Only, right. Published, of course, of course. Um, Well, so that's that's interesting. So so clearly, uh, one aspect of this game you enjoy is the deck building part. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's easily my my favorite part of Netrunner is the deck building exercise. The removal of rarity. I played a lot of card games like Magic and Legend of the Five Rings when I was younger. And one of the mm. things that always is a tight constraint on deck building is rarity mechanics. So in Netrunner, it's whatever your mind can create, whatever cool idea you can come up with. There's no limitation because there's no artificial scarcity. Right. So you don't have to be like, okay, well, this deck seems cool, but I only have one of these five, I don't know, legendary foil, whatever things. So if I want to actually play this deck, I'll have to go buy them for like $900. Right. Yeah, interesting. So, I mean, that that's freeing, but I also have those same constraints, and yet I do not have 452 <laughs> decks published on Netrunner DB. Um, so, like, what what else is it? Is it is it like exploring the puzzle? Is it like sharing these ideas with other people? Because I know certainly that you published some stuff in the past that people picked up and then played to to great success at like regionals and stuff like that. Is that part of the appeal? So. The competitive deck building is, of course, part of the appeal for me. But the big thing for me is is Netrunner is a deeply narrative exercise for me. Mm. So one of the things that I really enjoy about deck building is is creating a really interesting and sometimes funny narrative with the decks that I'm building. And so when I'm exploring a lot of the card pool, one of the things that I really enjoy is just building cool ideas that tell like a weird story with the way that they're played. And the other is thing, the... the other thing that really led to like most of my Netrunner DB stuff is I went through a five year period where I was working in finance, like brokerage, about seventy hours a week. So in the background of everything that I would be doing, I would be building decks 
on Netrunner TV. <laughs> oh man, wow. Should we not be di- di- divulging this behavior to the people you were working with? Or? <laughs> no, no I, I quit there about three years ago. Oh, good. Okay. I'm glad you glad to hear you're back on the side of side of right and good people. Um, <laughs> so, is there is there any deck that you've built or put together recently that really felt like it had that good narrative story synergy, pizzazz, whatever? Uh, yeah, for me, that's really my um, my smoke decks. Oh, like all I I love the theme of her. She's quoted on more cards than I think anybody else. That's, and that's probably she's true. She's just so incredibly cool. This idea of everybody knows who she is, but she doesn't care because no one can catch her. You know, like she puts out daily casts. She right. lets everybody know what she's doing. There's no attempt to hide, but just no one can catch her, so she doesn't care. Oh, cool. Like, so, 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 what's the most recent thing you've done with her that you've really liked? Uh, I went uh, with my deck that I recently published. The elusive lady electric. I went uh, eight and two across two regionals, but I kind of crapped the bed on corpse side. So the highest finish I got was eighth. Oh no, <laughs> I'm that. That's pretty good. Like especially when kind of the 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 mindset right now is like, oh god, play wizard because you got to beat up Estelle Moon to be like, nah, I'm cool. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a cool lady instead. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. I mean, like whenever you are doing competitive play. Do you try to, like, do that read the meta and then play against type kind of thing? Or did that just happen to work this way because you this time because you really like Smoke? So I don't usually do, like, meta buster style decks, but Smoke is kind of a strange case because since you have the 40-card uh, deck size and you have the Stealth Breakers, which covers Big Ice just naturally by the way of you build a Stealth deck, she becomes right. a natural, like, silver bullet revolver. Because... <laughs> a revolver that fires only silver, silver bullets. bullets. Because you can... Un- a lot of other decks struggle to fit in silver bullets because they need multiple copies or ways to tutor them to be able to get through the 45 cards and find right. everything. With smoke, if you put in one or two of a silver bullet, you're probably going to find it over the course of the game, especially since she has... Uh, Desperado, but also for cards in the form of Netmerker. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's also a shaper, so if any of those silver bullets are programs, well, you just do your shaper bullshit. No, yeah. there they are! <laughs> right. <laughs> Who would have known? And one of the other things that, you know, if you're not playing Haley Lock right now, you still really need, if you're running, any doing any kind of run plan, you need to be able to avoid tags, not spend clicks clearing them, which is one of right. the things that slows down a lot of Anarchs. Or, you know, you just go tag me. But right. with Smoke, you can find New Angeles City Hall and Film Critic really fast. So yeah. that then means that you're safe forever. against Sync. Like, every single Sync I played at both tournaments, I just shut them down. Because <laughs> once you have both Film Critics and New Angeles City Hall down and you're holding the other one in your hand, there's nothing yeah. they could do. Like, people would be like, oh, I pitched... I pitched three agendas. I'm like, cool, I'll just steal them all and then reinstall New Angeles City Hall. Okay. Right. <laughs> I wish I could have done that at our regional. <laughs> so so close and yet so far. Um what 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 happened recently on uh, on Corp side that was less less illustrious. Less smoky. So I went I went with the medical and it was uh, in the first tournament I did Blue Sun because I was like man everybody's doing these siphon anarchs but what if 
I could pick <laughs> up a piece of ice for four credits and boom them after they siphon me and keep the tags. But the problem was, is right before the DC regionals, people got this whiff that people were going to be playing Ag Infusion because it just became legal. So then everybody uh, switched off of Hacktivist and went to Employee Strike. Employee Strike. And there you go. Blah, <laughs> blah. <laughs> so that shuts down Blue Sun pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty well. Yeah, they're not super stoked about that. Yeah. And you can't win, and any Anarch that's playing Employee Strike is going to be playing three copies plus same old things because they're also running siphons, so you're never getting it off the table ever. Right, right. You may, you may get it off for one turn, and then they just, like, oh, house will take over. It's gone. There's, like, a deja vu employee strike, and you're like, <gasps> yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, because that's easily. It's <laughs> worth three clicks, and it's worth two clicks and three credits to keep me from getting 14. Yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> correct. Um, um, uh, Dan, when you see a card like Employee Strike, like I have, I have a problem. I have like a tendency of like when I see that card, I'm like, that card is just like no fun to me. I just it 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 it, it makes me feel like crummy when it's played, and because I'm bummed out because all my my wonderful plans are gone. I understand it's a the the that the card's fair, and uh, and then and all that. But like, what's what, what's your view on some of these cards that kind of cause people to get a little bit uh, cranky about the game? So. A while back, I did like a little piece, and I would have to dig it up again, uh, called Bring Your Own Fun, which was basically all about the, my mindset on these types of cards. And we're very spoiled in the Ghost Branch meta, as we call it, the Delaware meta, because when we see like problematic cards like Cypher, we just have an agreement not to play them or not to abuse them until they're errated or fixed. Like We had huh. a tournament during like the dark Cypher days, and no one played a Cypher deck at our game night kit. Wow, that's a pretty intense armistice <laughs> going on there. <laughs> right. And um, so for like things like Employee Strike and Rumor Mill's the big one, right? Yep, where right. it's just like, oh, you're, I like to play a lot of HB. So it's just like, oh, your defensive upgrades are all black now. Um, right. That's kind of problematic. But I think the big thing that you have to um, keep in mind is like Employee Strike especially is not a huge deal right now. Like my Ag Infusion deck is still just an awful deck to play against, even if I can't throw you into Chi- Chiashi. Right. <laughs> right <yeah. laughs> um, but yeah, it does certainly turn off certain lines of play, and uh, and that makes me kind of sad. But unfortunately, cards can't be equally powerful. Otherwise, everybody would just play the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the, the biggest one that I had the problem with when um, it came out was actually not Cypher, but Rumor Mill. Because um, most other things, including Cypher, you can kind of play around. You're like, okay, the Cypher's down. So anything I res, I need to be able to afford to lose, right? Right. With Rumor Mill, it's just like, is this remote safe? I don't know. Let's find out next turn. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, oh, they had it. I guess not. What can I do? Right. No the only thing I really don't like thing. is got your cards, which Rumor Mill kind of falls into that category. Where it's just like, oh, shucks, you had it. So I guess... All my defensive upgrades are blank. Right. And I have no way to win without those. Right. So, but like, other than that, I think, and I think Rumor Mill, the amount of influence that it is now, I think that's appropriate because it is an incredible silver bullet, but now you got to play the, pay the iron price for it. it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, well, kind of not, not completely unrelatedly, you also, in addition to building decks prolifically, uh, also, create a lot of videos both streamed and prepared i guess uh about the game is that like another big 
vector for your 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 enjoyment of this of this cool running of nets yeah so the original show that i took over from sly squid uh was the anr black hats which was his uh breakaway from bad publicity right right and then i took it over shortly after he uh moved off of that and uh my whole segment of the deck building derezzed and the test run segments was just me turning what I did anyway, which was bother good people about their decks, but turn it into like a formal thing that I actually recorded. Right. <laughs> because since I had already developed a little bit of a reputation as a deck builder, usually if I reached out to people on Facebook or the forums before we had the Slack, I was just like, right. hey, you know, so-and-so, like, how does this deck work? Or how, you know, tell me what the matchups were like at this tournament. And then when I started talking with Sly Squid, he was just like, you know, you could just turn that into turn that into uh, a segment and that'd be great interview like tournament winners and that's what it did that's what it it turned into and right. i think one of the coolest things about it now is like there's so many people who like i'm invested in their success now and like they message <laughs> me when they know that i'm going to tournaments and like we have like all these deck building messages going on all these different mediums talking to different people and that's right. like one of the super cool things i also really like about the netrunner community is like it's one giant deck building collaboration. Yeah, th- right? that, that's a thing yep. that I also particularly enjoy. That like no no one is like it, 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 there's both like the kind of interesting like local meta like when all when all the when all the San Francisco people basically prep that bonkers Ala deck for for uh, U.S. nationals. Yeah. That there's the both like the local version and there's like the more distributed like internet hive mind version and i i very much like that both of those things exist <laughs> right oh and um going back to the other things though the streams actually started during the um i think during the mumbad cycle mm. and during that period of time before we had the like the full mwl um and we before we had like a lot of the erratas like people were in a very dark place in the game and right. the, community, <laughs> the community was really mad and i was still having a blast with the game and I just wanted to, like, record my play and just me. And now it's me and my friend Sanjay, who's also from this meta, and just, like, try to, like, spread out that positivity of us playing yeah, dumb jank and showing people that, like, no matter what's going on in the competitive meta, like, you can always have fun if you're willing to let yourself have fun. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think that a, a big part of the game is w- w- during that dark cycle, we were still going to Pub Runner re- uh, regularly. Oh, yeah. And so we were like, why is everybody so mad at the game? Like, we were yeah. just having a blast bringing the, the, the most stupid jank to, uh, like, weekly meetups and stuff like that. Yeah. But if so your congrats only interaction on that with, with the, the game internet. is online, that's like a feedback loop of negativity. Because yeah, definitely. totally. <laughs> yeah. Who'd have thought the internet's fun? Yeah, who'd have thought the internet makes you angry and sad? <laughs> Right. Yeah. But and that's where the streams came from is me just wanting to play one, play more and two, just show people that like even people who make lots of decks and play a lot like, you know, the stream I did today, I did the first time I've ever played an Alice deck and we won maybe half of the games. We're playing all making all sorts of mistakes and we're forgetting like the triggers of, uh, you know, when to do Maul over when to run archives. But like that's important for people to see that, like, we don't just like. Uh, full Metal Alchemist, a finished deck into existence. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, tell me a little bit, like, as, as you're starting 
something fresh. I'm kind of curious as to what this process is. So for, folk, for fo- folks who are not familiar, there's a there's a new Anarch ID in Blood and Water, which basically just like came out days ago. Uh, or, or like a week ago, depending on when this podcast actually goes out. Um, <laughs> Alice Merchant, where every time she runs the... The first time she runs the archives each turn, the corp has to pitch one random card from HQ. Um, so that sounds disruptive. Uh, so you saw that text as the rest of us did. Then where, where, where did you go with that? Did you immediately go to that Moss energy? Was there some other lattice work you're trying to put around that like what was that what was that process like so my first thought when i saw alice was that she is a weird replacement for noise not being good right now where she pressures archives as well as huh other uh servers right. um, but noise all of his support cards are on the mwl he's still playable and he's still powerful but he doesn't have a lot of the potency to deal with the recursion that he used to have so looking right. at her ability, I was like, how many more cards can I get into the bin and how? So I put in three hacktivist meetings, three maws, and then I said, well, I'm never trashing anything ever. So I need three Aeneas informants. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, good, good. And then anything that I need to trash, I could just run it three times and then trash it. Right. Uh, I need ice destruction, more stuff in the bin. Uh, the original version had a wild immolation script which is really funny. Oh, man, uh, there you go. Man, when that lands, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the other thing is I have Bagat, Ice Carver, and then the other big thing that I, I did with her is I brought back the Wild Cakes engine because she needs to not oh. need to play draw cards. Well, I have right. the draw cards, too, but you right. need all the draw. Yeah, because mm. the, the other thing that's notable about her is that her de- her minimum deck size is 50 cards, not... 45 or even a which i was originally really pissed 40. off about but right. now that i've played her on stream i totally get why she's a 50 card identity because i was just destroying people's hands the entire right. game right but yeah no it was just fun i just made like a good stuff like reg build with a lot of money and a lot of draw and maw and aeneas informant and people would put two upgrades in a server and then they'd immediately be like oh crap Right. <laughs> oh, You're getting six creds a run. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, I guess I'll just yog this uh, Fairchild, and then I'll just access those cards a bunch of times, and then we'll come back in for the actual access. That's exactly okay, yeah, so no. six, 12, 18 credits. Okay, now I'll go for real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's a lot of fun, and that's the thing that I enjoy most about a living card game model, and why I'm so excited that they're resurrecting one of my other favorite games, which we won't talk about right now, L5R, because right. the living model says every month you have new, new, new puzzles to solve. Right. But it's always the same puzzle, which feels like, like you mentioned at the beginning, it, it feels like maybe that helps foster some of that collaboration too. Right. Do, 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 you, do you think that's the case? But yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and then the other thing that I think is really cool about a lot of the new cards that we've been seeing is, is I think the designers have gotten into a much better place of, like, applying appropriate drawbacks to powerful cards, like, uh, or, like, appropriate balancing. Like, you know, we had some real stinkers recently in the last few months, but we've also have, like, this elegant MCA informant, and it's one of the more most elegantly designed cards yeah. ever. It punishes yeah. you for ignoring it, but you can't punish them immediately. 
It's yep. expensive to put down. It's not something that you're going to necessarily use every game. You know what I'm saying? It's just a really right. elegant way of dealing with the fact that film critic and Aaron just shuts off a lot, a lot, of, stuff. Of, a lot of stuff. Right. <laughs> and like, Especially for NBN. Right. And that's just like a glimmer. Like That's like such a great card design. And we're starting to get where that type of design is getting more consistent. Yeah. It's nice. There's... Yeah, that that it feels like any moment in the game where the players have to make an interesting choice, not just here's the obvious thing you do in this situation, but right. like what's the interesting thing to do here? It will like could be this or it could be this, and then you have to like think about good counterplay and Yomi and all that good stuff. Um that's perhaps manifest most most uh e- egregiously in the new Wayland agenda standoff. <laughs> <laughs> that's really that's so good. Yeah, it's 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 like man, I can't get enough of that card. Yeah, it's, uh, it it's, is. It's yes. Netrunner Chicken. It yeah, is, it yeah. is. Ah, uh, it's get you. Come on, you're not gonna hit me with that dump truck, are you? <laughs> I don't know. Am I? I'm wondering. Yeah. Like, does does the dump truck just keep going through people? Like, I guess they would just. <laughs> That's right. It's just it's just end up with one person. It's just end up with like twenty five people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lineup of all all of all your connections. The dump truck is just piling <laughs> through. Thump, thump, oh, thump. So good. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's real good. Yeah, and I, I, I like a lot of these types of things, and I like that, like, in this cycle especially, Wayland's getting a lot of, like, really cool tools that, like, people initially ignored, but now they're realizing that they can't ignore them. Like, uh, a, a Titan Fast Advance with Audacity almost made it into the cut at yep. Philly, and, you know, that's like a bloodthirsty meta. Right, oh, yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that, that's Dan Argenio's meta. Right. Oh. So it's him and his cluster of humans. <laughs> Shout out to uh, my meta mate, Laura Williams, for knocking him out of the cut by booming him on camera. Oh, oh snap. Big <laughs> shout outs. But boom, yeah. well done. But with yeah, no, uh, with, it, with Sync so or good. with something else? Dan, was it with Sync or was it, like, what was it with? Oh, yeah, she's been playing Sync, I think, since Worlds last year. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she's, she's the boom queen. H- honed to a razor's edge. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Missiles. She's edge. very good at. She's very good at shooting missiles at people. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But we, I want to very quickly go back to MCA because one of my funniest things yeah. that I've ever done with MCA is when people are like, uh, "You know what? You can't boo me. It's fine," because uh, they only have like one connection, and they're like, "I'll force you to trash it." I'll be like, "I always have a big brother in my deck." Yeah. Oh, out of, out of oh like, gross! So like, like such an early, early card too. <laughs> just yeah. Big brother and then I'm right just back. like, I'm just like, uh, play Big Brother. They're like, I'm, I'm sorry. Can I, can I read that card? I'm like, yeah. of course you can. <laughs> <laughs> it takes half a second to read. The play tag. only if the runner is tagged. Get two additional tag. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, clicks two and three. Play boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. I mean, so, so, but like the helicopter's flying so close to chaos theory in that picture. It's definitely. You're going to lose a helicopter with that boom. I'm, I'm just sorry. That's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, that's, that's the fine. price. That's the price we pay. That's the that's price, the we, price pay. we pay for melting a building. Have you guys seen the Altart boom where it's just like a pool of like molten slag in a crater? <laughs> oh, man. That, that no. Great. From the, the, the Altart booms from Nationals were, uh, or uh, uh, North Amer- the North American Championships were right. just like, it's just a melted building in a huge crater where it's just like a pool of molten metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. oh good that is very exciting um well there are some the, the main thing we want to jaw about today i'm mean, aside from just general why you're so darn cool um is there are some big changes big changes coming to this fine game of ours real soon mm-hmm. in just in just technically 
the minute, the minute we crack that sweet plastic, three data packs from now, all of a sudden, in an instant, 240 cards deleted. They, gone. Yeah. Banished. Forever. Suddenly screamed out in terror and then went silent. That's just... 240 in Alderand. <laughs> so, what is your view on uh, the rotation in, in 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 general, Dan? Like just just the idea of rotation. Like, uh, is it is is that how living card games need to work? Uh so yes, and I think it's great for the game, and I hate it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> A man um, of many minds. It, it gets rid of one of my biggest advantages, which is my ridiculous engagement of the card pool. Right, <laughs> you're like so. You're like losing an arm off this octopus. And yeah, like... ba- basically exactly that. I'm like, oh, all of my experience with all these jank cards is now meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back similar jank, please. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, I think it's really good for the game. Like, I mean, it, if if for nothing else, the first rotation is going to make it so new players don't have to buy a copy of the pack that Jackson Howard's in off of eBay. Right, right, right. Like, you don't have to make your opening move to be like, opening moves. I can't moves. find the pack that has Jackson in it anywhere. Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, well, I mean, at a high like, there's there's that. There's the well, what the heck are people going to do without Jackson thing. Um, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, but then Get more generally. Get beaten by like, noise. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming back. Noise is like those goddamn headphones coming back. <laughs> um, I mean, like, what what are some of the other? We'll, we'll dig into a specific faction in a second, but like, generally, what's the like? What? How is the game gonna feel? It like in what ways is it gonna feel different when we wake up that morning after being rotated? Well, some of the things that I noticed, just kind of looking at a lot of the runner cards that were going to be losing is we're losing a lot of like static long-term cards like we're losing r&d interface yeah both interfaces for sure yeah we're losing the interfaces and we're losing a lot of cards that just kind of like stick to the table and provide a permanent benefit and the replacements that have been printed since which are really powerful and cool are a lot of times one-time benefits which in a lot of ways is better Right, because right. A, per- a permanent benefit sometimes can create a board state that's difficult for it can create an inevitability. Right, right. So in this, we're going to be losing a lot of those inevitability cards and replacing them with skilled play cards, knowing when to use your power cards, which is always kind of cooler because it's bringing back those interesting decisions instead of just you know install RDIs and keep running until I win. Right, right. So that was my initial thought looking at a lot of this. And we're losing a lot of cards that provided consistency, but are now overpowered with the rest of the card pool. Are there any that in particular jump out to you uh, when you're I would say about a that perfect regard? example of what I am talking about is uh, a Jen is like Vitruvius project. It's mm. another 3-2, right? that right. HB uses to accelerate itself to victory really quickly, which it doesn't really need. It has so many ways to cheat out even four twos now. Right. Yes. <laughs> and they're already the faction that now literally has more recursion than anyone else. By a wide margin. <laughs> like, like runner at this point. <laughs> yeah, correct. So Project Vitruvius being gone 
both reduces the speed at which HB can win, which is a good, as we're seeing with a lot of the moon decks where they're accelerating quicker than a lot of any runner decks can really keep up unless they have good opening hands. You never want the game to be in a state where it's all about who has the better opening hand. Right. Look at your f- first five cards. Do you win or lose? Right. Vitruvius yeah. is a huge consistency card that um, HB is losing. Another thought that I had uh, just for Shaper is that we're losing um, like a couple of cards. We're not losing a ton of things that are really powerful, but we're losing some degenerate cards. Like we're losing um, False Echo, which isn't technically a Shaper card, but it really is a Shaper card. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And like that doesn't need to exist. Right. right. Well, I mean, it feels like there were only there. There are a few things, kind of like False Echo, where they're basically never used in their quote unquote like for their quote unquote, like original purpose. Right. But then someone find it, found like a really gross, abusive way to use them, and then the only time you see that card is when a a, a slimy thing, which is like not illegitimate. Like I'm not gonna hate on any deck really, but it's kind of like oh. Well, this was never used, like, even organically, and someone found a really clever way to use it. It's like, oh, there's this one unpleasant interaction, and that's it. <laughs> and, and while we're talking about, um, even though I love Vamp, I just want to throw this out there as an example. Vamp is a perfect card uh, for what I'm talking about, even though it's a really cool effect. Nobody ever plays really more than one of them. They usually only play one, and it's for decks that don't interact with you the whole game, and then just reset the clock, and then you never get another turn. Yep. Yeah. Just, yeah. The van- yeah. yeah. Or, or something. if you, or yeah, you, you either literally never get another turn, or effectively you never do because it'll be like, okay, I guess I'll click for three credits, and then they're like, okay, siphon. Right. And you're like, I'll click for three more. They're like, okay, uh, deja vu, siphon, <laughs> two and, more keyholes, <laughs> and you're and just and like, it, oh, all right, fine. And it breaks down the fundamental idea of like the back and forth tempo of the original design of Netrunner and early Netrunner. Yeah. Where I mean, it's the, supposed to be a back and forth. Right, where it's like, okay, well, the, the corporation finally managed to score something out, but it cost them a bunch of resources, both in terms of, like, tempo, time, not doing other stuff, as well as literal credits on the board. So now the runner has an opening to try to exploit, and then if they can't, the corporate will get back on their feet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. Not I let Drip Economy come in for 17 turns, and then I vamp you, and then use three hyperdrivers and equivocate you until you mill. Like, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I think you're playing a different game at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah. that is probably less less interesting. I'm not gonna say less good because I don't want to get all value judgmenty, but it's certainly less interesting. Um. Well, so you you're you're a big fan of shapers, obviously, as as you know mentioned before when heaping your fondness upon smoke. Um, in general, like, what do you think the post rotation shaper world is going to look like? We already mentioned that R and D R and D interface is going to go is going to go go go. So there's um, a there's a couple of notables that I was thinking about when we were discussing this the other day, and one of them is not actually a card that is in shaper, but enables shaper to be viable currently. And I'm not actually sure what the response is going to be. So one of the things that makes Shaper really powerful in the current meta is New Angeles City Hall and Film Critic. Mm. And of course, we're not losing Film Critic, but we are losing New Angeles City Hall. Because what Shapers don't have a lot of, generally, is free clicks. Because there's a lot of setup involved. Right. 
So New Angeles City Hall being gone means hard removal of tags and that tags stay on you. Hmm. So any tagging ice, you know, we can't. One of the big strengths that I have against a lot of tag decks is, is I'm like, oh, you put a data ward behind a data raven. That's so cute. Yeah, I don't care. Right. <laughs> um, losing that's a big problem for a lot of shaper decks, especially since shaper decks more so even close to criminals now are like, I want to run a lot. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, and I guess, I mean, we have misdirection, so that at least helps with like, getting rid of a bunch of tags at once, but it doesn't really help that much because you're still having to burn two clicks. Like. And it isn't instantaneous. I'm running yeah, around to it's, Los, it's, LA, Los Angeles City Hall, run, run, run. Yeah, it's yeah. not right away. Right. And it also so, doesn't keep you from dying to 24-7. Right. Because we're also <laughs> losing Plascrete. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we did like a little, little, just a general runner like survey of players to to kind of have them weigh in on what cards they thought what, what were the most in, in their opinion like perfection what was the most interesting card that they thought were leaving and the interesting thing was like of all of them i think the runner neutrals had the most spread the biggest spread yeah like some people thought it was plasky some people thought it was caddy some people thought um new angel city hall and blackmail were kind of the the biggest ones um it like both on the on the neutral side and on the shaper side like what like even just that yeah what do we do about tags and meat damage thing like where do you think <laughs> I, I i assume not everyone is going to start splashing Aaron maron so what it, what do we do <laughs> well i think one of the biggest things that is probably going to um get maybe a little bit more traction is things like Citadel Sanctuary. Huh, interesting. Because pitching your hand is certainly better than death. Right. And um, other if things where it's kind of like the weird workarounds for meat damage. Like the, the, that... Uh, Guru, Guru Devinder? Yeah, Guru Devinder. Yeah. But maybe not Guru Devinder, but... um but you know and like we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to find workarounds and i think there are some new um you know there's a lot of interesting new draw tools and i think one of the neat things that shaper have going for them is is they are getting a lot of uh let's close the game like right now like right now let's close the game like deep data mining is an incredible card for like hey you just tagged me a bunch i gotta win like this turn let's (laughs) see five cards (laughs) <laughs> like and a lot of stuff like that's gonna help them i think a tremendous amount when it comes to avoiding death um i think another thing that is gonna probably happen is, is we're probably gonna see more cred denial across all runner factions to avoid death hmm you think yeah, I mean, uh, shapers are certainly getting to the point and anarchs are already there where they don't have to borrow a ton what what's two siphons when you only need to borrow maybe one breaker? Oh, I I see I see that that you can pull an econ denial because your other bases are already so covered. Correct. Interesting. Huh? Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really considered that angle. That's interesting. I mean, because boom's only four, but if you're able to just kind of like keep keep your foot on the corpse <laughs> neck long enough to like yeah get friggin' five accesses with deep data mining, who cares? I have a, a Haley deck that I'm testing for rotation right now. 
that actually has uh, three fan sites in it, uh, Shadownet and a copy of Planned Assault and a copy of Siphon and two levies. Good lord. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fine. That'll cover those student loans, I'll tell you that much. Uh, Jesus. Uh, But, you know, like, stuff like that. And um, I just think it's really interesting because Plascrete is such a polarizing card for me just because I think it's such an interesting card because uh, if you've been playing since the core set, the ubiquity of, like, the super modernism, like, Wayland kill deck like freaked the designers so hard out that they're like here take this card that just fixes this problem <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it feels like a knee-jerk card well right. i mean it, and it was also probably planned from the outset like plascrete showed up what in like the second or third genesis yeah. data pack like but it was it was pretty much like it feels like it was planned from the beginning right but it's it's not a nuanced counter and what we've gotten <laughs> yeah correct correct <laughs> What we've gotten a lot of lately is nuanced kind of sideways ways of dealing with problems that turns dealing with those problems into a decision or a choice that needs to be made or weighed instead of just, oh, I found my Plascrete, so why wouldn't I just spend three on it and just not have to worry about me damage for the rest of the game? Right. Right. Yeah. Or or something that, that offers, like, like, the canonical Plascrete alternative sports hopper where it's like, even if you're not playing against someone who's going to try to blow you up... It still has other uses. Like, maybe you're fine trading three credits for three instantaneous card draw. That's okay. Right. Yeah, and I think, uh, again, Sports Hopper is a good example. And I think we're going to see more just, like, the ubiquity of Levy in Shaper decks. Hmm. Right, like, so so seeing everything again is going to make up for some of these shortcomings of the the cards we're losing. Right, because if we're actually taking damage, we're going to lose things that we want. Because there's no free slots in decks anymore. No, right, no. zero, none. There are so, actually zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's not like core set where we were putting snares in HB decks because we didn't have anything to splash for. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, but, that was terminal directive days. Those were nice. Uh, yeah, that's right. But yeah, another another big one that I really wanted to talk about is indexing because indexing is one of my favorite cards. Yeah, you and can I, actually tell that because looking through your card setup, it's like in every one of your decks. <laughs> yeah, because it's really good because you know you're not going to overload Film Critic. You know what's coming. You can avoid net damage agendas. You can mad dash. Like it's just a great card. It's precognition, but you know it actually like works. <laughs> yeah. When when we when, again when we, we asked people like a ba- basically half the people selected indexing as the most interesting or significant shaper card that's going away, um, and and then another like twenty five percent of people picked R and D interface. So do you think that like deep data mining is basically going to take the place of both of those boys i think so i think i think that's the niche that it's meant to fill and i think that's why it has the ability to get up to the magic number of five because it needs to make up for also the loss of rdi right Mm -hmm. um but i think that uh indexing is just uh so shaper didn't start out this way necessarily they 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 were like the slow burn faction originally yeah, right. But they've evolved because of self-modifying code and clone chip. They evolved <laughs> into control, if you're familiar with magic at all. Right. Where it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, no, you can't. You can't yes. actually do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it feels like you're playing blue half the time when you're playing green. And indexing is, is that play. Let's see what you're going to draw, and let me just control how that happens. Right. right. 
And then, like, all the things with clot locking and everything else that we're doing, it's all based around control and indexing. I feel, as much as I love that card, it it's too much of the th- boot on the throat if you get set up as a shaper. So I think deep data mining is better because you're not able to be like, well, I didn't see any agendas, but I'm going to ruin your next two turns. Right. Like, you can just deep data mine, stumble into some maybe some 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 bad cards that you didn't want to hit or see right but if i'm indexing was always my counter against we have a lot of jinteki in like the maryland delaware area i'm like why don't i index you and just make your ambushes blank right right yeah (laughs) it's like oh you can just keep those snares i don't care keep them that's fine um yeah it's interesting because like that was a card that yeah like you're saying basically was giving you safe accesses and that is also a thing that's definitely feeling like that's becoming less of a thing as stuff starts to rotate out like both it and keyhole are going away Mm -hmm. meaning like okay if you want to dig around in my r&d that's fine but you're gonna have to deal with it absolutely and um one of the other big cards that i think is just a tragedy that we're losing and i know you guys are gonna laugh at me but i don't care (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I th- I'm, okay. There's no judgment here. I'm Chris. I'm, 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 I'm going to point to Jesse what I think this is, and then okay. it will either be very right or very wrong, and either way, it will be very exciting. Uh, okay, what do you think, Dan? I'm really pissed off that we're losing LLDS processor. Okay, yeah. wasn't that? <laughs> was that what you picked? Uh, no, not even close. Uh, that's fine. What, um, did, what did you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to say personal workshop. Oh, no, I've never really gotten into the personal workshop deck. Really? Just because I hate playing Stimhack, because I'm against <laughs> so many kill decks in my meta, that oh. taking brain damage is never a good idea. <laughs> it's right. like a death sentence. Right, but right, no, right. But no, personal right. workshop, uh, it's also really interesting that losing personal workshop, I mean, not that Nasir is really like a top-tier play right now, but, <laughs> but the loss yeah. of personal workshop makes him very difficult to play. Yeah, <laughs> the only thing. What is that? Um, it's the um, uh, the really crappy investment one. Algo trading. That's kind of like one of your only options left for dumping an infinite number of credits, just like arbitrarily away. Right. Um, and man, but it's not great. It's not better. Than no, buying. it's not. It's, it's, it's not better bad. than putting cards on layaway. Like, <laughs> no, it is. It is in no way better than that. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it, I'm I'm really sad that we're losing LLDS. Yeah. Right, tell right, me so, about that. Yeah, so please tell it, us what, what is it. Just chameleon, or is there more? No. Um. One of the things that I love the most about LLDS processor is it's like a relic of like early level shaper bullshit. Ah. <laughs> where it's just like, how about I take this card that's kind of bad and make it better as long as I install three other cards? Like, that's <laughs> such, like, the terrible hardware-based mindset of, like, early Shaper. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I made my Haley deck recently that was all Chameleon and the um, Conspiracy Breakers that's based on LLDS, which, of course, I loved and was a, a pretty powerful deck. Oh, like, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you keep selling them to Aesop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aesop's them constantly, and then I have Reaver, so I'm drawing a card and making money every time. Do you, right. do you, do you have an awesome gift and flavor to go with that deck idea? Yeah, I have... It's called Rushmore Haley. Because, oh, okay. Jesus. Because uh, she's part of all the clubs, because she has so many weird cards. Right, um, good. Um... And it has just the gif from the beginning of the movie Rushmore where it's going through all the clubs that he's a part of. Ah, perfect. Perfect. uh, I'm going to miss that card a lot just because it makes a bunch of really bad cards slightly better and, like, makes you think that they're playable. 
That, right. That, that, that sounds like your your like mantra. It's able like, to yeah, fool yeah. you just enough. Yeah. I'm also I'm, sad that we're gonna lose Blackguard before anybody actually figured out how to really. <laughs> right. I, I I remember playing Blackguard Andy way back when it was like I think the Covenant guys were talking about it and with Snitch and Blackguard and controlling the game in that way was really fun. I guess it actually brought control over to the criminal side in a different way, other than like uh, deck locking with indexing or something like that. You know, assuming they hadn't won in the 15 turns, it took yeah. me to get that on the table. Yeah. You fool, you let me go to turn 15. Now, here we go. I actually Yay. had uh, one of the guys from my meta played a silhouette deck with uh, Temujins and all of the money, and then he was playing Run Amok with Blackguard. So he's like, res the ice or don't, and then I'm trashing it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. That's not so bad. So then you'd run, he'd run HQ, and he'd be like, are you going to res that? And you'd be like, no. He's just like, well, I'm Haley, or uh, Silhouette, so res it anyway, and now trash it, because I played Run Amok. <laughs> right. Good. Good. Um, as a as a Stealth Shaper enthusiast, uh, how do you feel about the loss of Lockpick? Uh, I've never played it, so really? I will not miss it. Interesting. I've only Are ever you... played Cloaks. And uh, Ghost Runners. <laughs> I mean, I guess... Oh, yeah, and, of course, Netmerker. Netmer- I guess- well, yeah, Netmerker now is all you need. If you wanted to right. get really spicy, you could just run her ability and Netmerker. Right. And pray you don't get voter intimidated or something. Yeah. Um, right, I guess so. I mean, that it feels like that harkens back to this earlier era of stealth being so, like, narrowly focused, where it's like, all right, here's... Each faction is going to have their one stealth breaker... That's good for their like faction's best type of breaker, and right. then a specific piece of hardware that generates only stealth crest for that type of breaker. And then everyone realized that unless you were playing Refractor Kit, <laughs> that was way too narrow. Right. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, let's well, right." It's people should just have access to a nice general swath of, right. of and, and stealth I, and I think cards. That's a perfect example of why um, stealth naturally fell into Shaper is because. Uh, Shaper's the only faction that has natural access to cloaks. Right, right. That and you can... because of that access to the universal stealth card. I mean, Andy can, of course, do it too, because if she's got stealth breakers, what else is she really spending influence on? Yeah, correct. Um, but, like, that's the big reason why it's always been in there, and that's why I'm so glad that they printed Smoke, because it's not the actually the stealth credit that matters, though that's great. It's the fact that she's 40 cards. Right. Uh, the fact that she's 40 cards means that you can actually have a chance of setting up a stealth deck without having, like, three copies of everything. Right. Right. right, 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 right just just right, bloated right. decks. Interesting. Right. Um, so with uh, Clone Ship now being on the most wanted list and Test Run going away, does... Do you feel like there's gonna there's there's less, slightly more of a pinch on recursion and shaper recursion specifically? I would say, well, I'm going to have to rename one of my segments because um, people might not get the reference now uh, with Test Run. Oh, hey, it's true. <laughs> um, but I think, um, again, t- we're, what I noticed when I looked at a lot of these Shaper cards is we're losing, like, pa- with the exception of, like, the neutral cards, which we already discussed, the Shaper cards are, like, power cards from, a like, a previous time, like an, er- an earlier time because... Test run scavenge hasn't been something that most shapers have depended on in a very long time. Right. Yeah. 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 
But and just... so because the big rig is gone, there's so many more cheap things that can be used as replacements because I think from a design space perspective, they abandoned the idea of like Shaper just having all of the big expensive shit because they realized that they were basically hamstringing their ability to keep up with yellow in the you know first few cycles. Sure. So right. they shifted more on a here's a bunch of cool programs that like do weird things but have like an additional investment or an install order mechanic instead of here's a really expensive code gate breaker that if you put it down you're set forever as long as you got nine credits lying around in the early game right (laughs) (laughs) Eh, well we'll miss you torch Uh, kind of kind of maybe not (laughs) i i I do like that we're losing torch and zoo in the same cycle out right the the cheapest decoder that's good with the most expensive decoder that's good just throw it in the trash (laughs) i I guess those code gates they've been building have been doing a hell of a job the titan and the mice they all go away (laughs) i think the other weird one that we're losing which i'm going to be sad to lose is actually sharpshooter because there's so many interesting man decks that just disappear without that like the the dash cam haley Right. Yep. Well, and um, the you can't even do the bizarre replicator like Hoover up and install six spy cams at once thing because replicator's gone too. Uh, what will we do without replicator? You won't install that's six spy cams at once. Mostly. That's correct. <laughs> aside from, aside from installing six six spy cams at once, uh, nothing. Actually, uh, nothing. We will not miss it. I'm also gonna miss my favorite card that got me a win at the last regional. Not me playing it. Somebody else playing it. Queen's Gambit. Oh, ah, I love nice. that double. I love that double. Somebody, oh, yeah. did, did somebody, somebody get a I win? I put down a naked atlas. Yes. <laughs> and they were like, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's probably a Jackson. I'm like, it's totally a Jackson. And then they put three counters on it. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and advance this atlas three times and, you know, enjoy the rest of this game. <laughs> basically got like a, 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 a gaff done up on the same. Yeah. So, I've got so, like so, a crosshair on their forehead. I'm like. <laughs> Anytime you want to steal an agenda, it's fine by me. I could just go get mid-seasons and go get boom at instant speed. You do you, man. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> it is It is a bummer we're losing Starlet Citadel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Starlet Crusade funding. So, yeah, sorry. Starlight Crusade funding. Uh, because I've been recently been thro- trying to th- throw together a Cambridge double deck with uh, prepaids. Uh, voice pa- voice pads, but also like, going away. But they're just also going away. So I'm doing these like scrambling around <laughs> with these cards, and it just feels like nah, it's not gonna bother. But I guess like the what's what's your view on like the double thing? Because we're losing. I guess we're not really losing that many doubles, but Gambit. A few. Yurika, I mean, because they because they all showed up for the first time. Yeah, in yeah we're, we're losing cycle. lucky pa- power, power nap. nap. Yep, and pa- yeah, that's right. We are. I guess we're losing. Shit, we're, we're, we're losing a whole pile of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of the interesting things about prepaid voice pad decks, just in a general sense, do you remember when like prepaid voice pad was like the the Kate deck was so powerful and so oh, fast, yeah. everybody yep. was just like the game is over, and yeah. then it came back when they fixed the MWL, right? Yeah, nobody touched it, and, and yeah. nobody touched it because corpse are now so fast. Think about the craziness of this. Corpse are now so fast that getting nine credits. For two clicks is not enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, are you are you also getting accesses from that? Yeah, yeah. Right. if you're not waste, playing Tamajin, if, if you're not getting five credits a click and an access, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> well, I mean, but that's interesting, right? Is it like Lucky Find prepaid, uh, Caddy Jones all going away? Which is like those are a lot of the bedrocks of like the yeah, kind of the, stable, two, the, like, the two flavors of runner economy. So does that kind of mean that runner economy is like even more just all in on 
Temujin and I don't know daily casts and Magnum Opus now. Well, I think yes, but I've never had a problem with Temujin as a card, and because there's already in existence ways to punish it, which people found and have already exploited, and also like. We should be making money from running. We should be interacting with the corp and giving them the opportunity to kill us and counteract. Right. Because if all of the money is something that's non-interactive, then there's no reason for the runner to really engage the corp until they're certain that they won't die and certain that they can win. Right, right. And that like, creates like super a very... Vamp. Right, yeah. And that creates a very non-interactive Netrunner experience where it's who gets set up first wins the game right all right interesting i i didn't say that before but that's that's yeah that's a good perspective i mean whenever i get a chance <laughs> to put a coma inu over the archives right after it's been temujin and then actually used up just two of the the ticks off temujin i'm a happy guy right. yeah yeah I, i'm always very excited when that happens that's true uh, you're right uh, temujin is one of those cards that like it, it changes the state for both the game very quickly like i need to answer this i need to change this and no yeah as great i install caddy uh put three more on caddy yeah it, three so, more so, on so caddy. It, uh, more on caddy. daniel's really touching on this it's like the cards we're losing are these like old stable trusty cards yeah <laughs> and 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 that and that is great because now we need to we need more explosive answers more reactive answers and uh it's time to get weird it is time to get weird. Hey, i'm excited to get weird, to get weird. <laughs> I'm very like excited. Deep, da- to get weird. deep data mining is so interesting to me. I mean, obviously, you could do the Haley Lock stuff, which I find really neat. But, right. like, I also have a Geist deck that uses deep data mining. And it's just like the pieces are falling off the rocket, but let's see if I get there. You know <laughs> yeah, what I'm right. saying? That's right. right. That's I right. can burn these cloud breakers, whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Give me, give me more accesses. <laughs> right. And that's such an interesting style of play because it's forcing the runner to either not create tempo or not create versatility in the form of the Haley Lock deck. Or sacrifice it to get those additional accesses, which is a really cool because it's forcing the runner into a situation where they're sacrificing tempo or flexibility to score in the same way the corp does. Yeah. Instead yeah, of yeah. just money, because everyone's rich. So right, breakers and money. I'm good. Money is not really meaningful anymore. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty crazy time when those 240 cards disappear overnight but they still take up space in your uh no no on your shelf <laughs> I, you have a separate other box of sadness for them it's fine um you build like I, a mausoleum that's out of right all, <laughs> out of all of your copies of force of nature that you've never played <laughs> i'm just, like when i was thinking of like definitely most of the shaper stuff i imagine that at some point or another i used almost every single one of those cards in a deck at least once with the exception for sure of Record Reconstructor. <laughs> ah, yes. The card that no one even knows what it does. Correct. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it reminds me of, um, was it was it Misinformation, the old black card for Magic? Is that kind of a I what no it idea. does? It, it like, it, Record Reconstructor puts a card from the, from the, the archives, archives onto r After you make a successful run on the archives, instead of accessing, I think, anything in the archives, you could put one card back on top, back on top of R&D. Yeah. In, yeah, let me in, just give you Recursion. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, the, yeah, the, the thing is, in, in, in Magic, you could bloat. I guess you could bloat their R&D or something, because there's a bunch of shit in the in the archives. Right, it's like, but, I'm going to make sure you don't draw land or yeah, whatever. Yeah, sure, which is, uh, like, a bad... But but here, every, every card is probably good, because the deck size is so small, so yes. you're just giving him back something that he's probably going to use again. It's like, what do you got there? Oh, a hedge fund and an Adonis. Right. Oh, money or ice, yeah. Uh, you can catch both of those back, I guess. <laughs> okay. The only conceivable thing that that would be good against is and you can only install one it, you can't even multiply the effect um <laughs> right. wait is it really unique no it's not unique but you can only do it once because you can only sacrifice an access oh because it's still a complete replacement right from the right. access <laughs> right right oh man so it's just so bad is the only thing that, <laughs> that would ever be good against I, this had to have been designed when like the astro train was everywhere and it just you could put more cards between nbn and their agendas Right. That's the only thing I can think of as like a logical design space for this. While you can set up your crazy big shaper rig and crush them, I guess. Right. I guess. But the other card, jank card, that I'm sad that we're going to be losing is Paintbrush. Ah, that's oh. true. Yes, I I saw that. I mean, we kind of have like Egret is kind of sort of sort of sort of filling oh, that role. it's better Paintbrush in every respect because it's also a parasite. Like, right. Yep. <laughs> It says, get rid of that ice, please. <laughs> <laughs> or keep it to your peril. <laughs> yeah. Well, whichever. I'm good with either, really. Yeah. yeah that's true. Um, but there was definitely, there was definitely, the fact that you could paintbrush anything into anything definitely turned on some pretty serious paintbrush jank that I, I will also miss. And I know we're, we're mostly talking about Shaper, but let's talk about good riddance to data leak reversal. Yes. And, yeah. There, 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 there are very few cards where I legitimately am just like, I if I never saw you again, it would be too soon. Uh, but I think Vamp and DLR are both those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's just funny when when the game turns into like mill four go, mill four go. It, it cuts the game in half, and it's it's I don't know. It's a it's, it's just not interesting. No, it's not. You, it's most not of the time, like all. like occasionally, maybe the corp can squeak out some crazy win, but that's not like because they did it. It's just like because they happen to get an agenda and a Jackson in two in a row, and then they got exactly the things they needed to not lose, and that was it. Um, I mean, when DLR, DLR first showed up, right? Like it was actually. I remember that the very first tournament we ever traveled to, right, was the. Seattle. um was the tour the uh, the the plugged in tour in Seattle and yeah. you took that wizard I took I siphon took, vamp I, DLR I took that misery and I remember I played a person and he was in such a lousy mood at the end of the game he went up and went directly to the bar and forgot all his alt art cards on the table and I had to run and <laughs> oh, no. go give them to him I'm like this is this is terrible but this is back when everybody was new to the game and no yeah. one knew that like you're running a siph- three siphons on a wizard deck at DLR it's like that that was actually this a surprise a surprise you you yeah, were setting right. some that trends, like my the, friend. That start of headlock. How about you have no money, but like for the rest of the game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even back then, it's like, you know, the worst. It's like the corporation can always just like take two credits and blow up that DLR. Right? Like that was the yeah. thing they could do. But now it's like, I got two fall guys, two wireless net pavilions. Yeah. Well, I guess you don't want two. You got one. Right. But, but you so, got the other one in hand. Right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, right. That was maybe okay when it existed. Right. But now well, it has become uh, perhaps a bit egregious. And, and, and perhaps we're being a little bit unfair to DLR just because we're living in a world where there's a bunch of replacement cards for things that accelerate its power. Like, Citadel Sanctuary makes it infinitely worse. Right. But that card's coming on the scene to replace Plascrete, 
which we are going to need. Yes. But yes. it also just makes it so. How about, like, I completely take away your ability to counteract against DLR? How's that sound? Pretty good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I think that also speaks to, like, just as a. Obviously, it is a very, very, very delayed design tool. Um, but it, it's, it's good, probably good for the health of the game that, like, you know, sometimes things will just kind of go away and that will be fine but it also like could enable like interesting future cards right or like okay maybe there is a cool anarch thing that they could do only when tagged now that will be an interesting choice when that card comes out instead of just like oh yeah but it's not as good as dlr so why would i use it Mm -hmm. right again it's it's things that are just kind of like unstable cards to more uh, conditional cards but i want to have a moment of silence for mr phones can we have a moment of silence for mr phones oh mr phones is going away oh our buddy the underworld contact yeah that's right that's right oh mr phone i forgot awkward handhold first of all his hand is way too big in proportion to his head and that if you look at the card, it's just really close to the camera phone that way is someone else i thought someone else was holding it for him (laughs) <laughs> no, it's it's his. Suit. It's definitely his own. Oh, it's his suit. <laughs> it's just someone else wearing the same suit. That's, yeah, that is yeah. the mystery of Mr. Phones. Oh yeah, my so, god! So, so was Mr. Like was was Underground Connor? Was, was that like the the like part of playing a double link deck? Was like sweet. I got this crazy drippy con, and now and now and now we don't have anything even close to what what the phones brought us. Really? Yeah. I mean, you you still got cloud breakers and stuff, but you don't have anything that's just gonna straight up just give you money for being for being so connected being so connected that's right yeah oh mr phones i'm gonna miss him so much (laughs) (laughs) what i what i think would be really cool uh is if we got more things that had um game state triggers that were drippy con like if you have at least one tag gain a buck at the start of your turn yeah you know what i'm saying okay uh, is it um is a good ex- is an example of that like um that new connection that if you have under six you gain one and if yeah. she and if you go down to zero she beats you up right like right. stuff like that's neat because again you're you're piloting the deck to get the effect instead of just being like bam here oh, it is oh, right, I got right. it yeah, yeah stable yeah you're like uh the cards I have this turn right now are pretty good I really would not like to go to zero credits but if I don't but if I make the run on that server which is probably an agenda I'm almost certainly gonna bottom out oh crap crap then 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 you're making the interesting decision that's right yeah. yeah and then and then you play that card with clan vengeance for value yeah. <laughs> you're like okay, okay well, whatever just beat me up <laughs> I'm gonna get mad and I'm gonna throw some Molotov cocktails instead <laughs> All um, right, awesome. Well, we 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 promise to try to be very very considerate of your time, sir. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on to chat with us. Yeah, this is a, you. You have a really really healthy and awesome outlook that I think more people definitely need to know about. Um, yeah, this thank is you very, the, your thank approach. You very much. Your your approach to the game is definitely way better worded than I ever could do. But the the what like what you're bringing, I think, is really really healthy and really really exciting, and uh, it gets me even more apt to play whenever That's I right. see a new a new deck being posted by Mr. Yeah. Code Marvelous. Um, aside from, if people want to watch, if, if for some mad reason they're not paying attention to the cool stuff you've been doing, where, where can people find your sweet videos and streams and other such goodness? Okay, so uh, I'm on YouTube as Self-Modifying Code, and uh, you can find me there. I'm on Twitter as Code Marvelous, and I'm as Code Marvelous basically everywhere that fine Netrunner discussions are had. Sweet. We, we will, of course, drop those links in the show notes. Yep. And he's a heck of an Oxygen Not Included player. 
It's true. Yeah. I that <laughs> yeah. those playthroughs are terrible. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you're helping you're help keeping Jesse help keeping his red page. <laughs> yeah, just putting that just putting the twenty dollar right in your right in your bill. Well, no, like <laughs> I, I was talking to somebody about it, and it's just like those like the Klee like misery games are just like I eat them up. <laughs> it's just like I want a da- I want a game that basically tells me. If you're not smart, we're going to just make you have a miserable time. <laughs> if you're not smart, we, like, will, we will fill your house with feces. <laughs> Actual yeah, cause, feces. Because that's why I love Darkest Dungeon. Right. And, right. Light run and Oxygen Not Included is just the idea where it's just like solve the problem or right. don't. Either way is fine. <laughs> Those Vancouver devs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, once again, thank you very much. Um, we will put all your contact info on the show notes. And if folks have any thoughts, remarks, ideas, if, if they want to toss chip in their two cents about rotation because we're certainly going to dig into a lot more of the other factions as well um certainly shoot us a message at twitter on uh at term seven on twitter or just drop us an email terminal seven at idlethumbs.net um once again thank you very much to our buddy mr gordon mcclattery mm-hmm. of a shell in the pit audio for helping us record this even more complicated setup um and finally as always Thank you very much to Mr. Ed Harrison for letting us use his track Tin Soldiers from the Neo Tokyo OST. You can grab it, and you should, from edharrison.bandcamp.com. What a, what a pleasant guy. I know. He, that was just like... He's, he's quite a joy. Is he ever? <laughs> Shit.